The following is a fourth hand production. 
and there were uh, some spinoffs that I sort of knew about and maybe had seen little bits of. And I knew about, of course, the movie in the 90s. And I, mm-hmm. again, thought that, that I had a, a pretty good picture of the history of the Brady Bunch. But when I started just reading a little more about it, um, I didn't realize just what a huge impact it had, has continued to have, does continue to have on pop culture in just about every area you can think of in pop culture. And um, I, I just thought, you know, what this show that people like to kind of make fun of and and dismiss as being frivolous, um, some people do. Of course, there are many of us who, who think it's a fine show. And again, that we, we bond over so much. Um, but I think that the show never had gotten kind of the the respect and the recognition that it deserves as this show that has been popular for 50 years. I I don't really think there um, are that many other shows you can compare the the popularity, you know, their popularity to the Brady Bunch. It's been movies, it's been, you know, music and um, books, obviously, Barry Williams' great, great book about uh, his time on the show and and the experience of that, I think, is one of the best books ever written about TV. Certainly one of the most fun to read. But it, you know, it's been, as you'll find out in the book, I think when you, you probably aren't to this part yet, so I don't want to spoil anything, but um, <laughs> it's influenced a ton of TV shows. The Simpsons and Family Guy have both spoofed, kind of paid homage, spoofed the show more than two dozen times between them. Um all kinds of shows, movies. The show is referenced in so many different areas. There's a great Tom Brady connection um, that I definitely don't want to spoil, but is very, very fun. Weird Al Yankovic has written a song about the one of his oh, yeah. parodies uh, <laughs> about the Brady Bunch. Um, just, so, you know, so sports, all these different areas. And, of course, we know from the end of last year, right after the to tie in with the 50th anniversary, there was the HGTV project of buying the, mm-hmm. the house and renovating it. And the Brady cast was involved. And um, I think it just it's a show that's never gone away. There are all those spinoff series as well. Um, it may not be on our TV all the time, although it actually kind of is <laughs> with reruns. And, and now the, the series is streaming in multiple places, the DVDs, all those things. Um, but it's just such an impactful show. And I really thought that there should be, a, and it was something like Barry Williams has obviously written a book. Uh, Maria McCormick has written a book. So it's not like it hasn't been addressed by people and people from the show, but I felt like it kind of needed someone outside of that to write a book length um, examination of why the show has been so popular all of these years and just also acknowledging how popular it's been and how many different areas it's impacted. Um, and so, I, and the more I thought about it and, and started working on a book proposal, I was, I just got more and more excited about it because it really is kind of very, it has a very unique place in TV and larger pop culture history. That's awesome. <laughs> Beautifully put. I mean, that's the uh, that's the whole reason why I'm doing the podcast. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, I love that you. I love the name of your podcast, and I love that the podcast exists because, uh, yeah, again, it's it's a show that deserves, um, I think, uh, 
it has carved out its place in TV history and pop culture history. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that everyone, you know, who isn't a super, super devoted Brady fan, maybe someone who's a more casual fan or someone who's just a history uh, fan of TV history in general. I don't think everyone really recognizes um, or knows just, you know, how long and for how long and how large the show has loomed in TV history. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of funny because when I started doing this podcast, um, it was a by an amazing coincidence that my first episode came out just days around the exact 50-year anniversary of the pilot episode coming out. So it was oh, just great. an amazing coincidence that that happened like that. So I was like, oh, oh my God, great. this is so cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. So did you ever get to meet any of the Brady kids or anything while doing this book? I haven't met any of them yet. Um, talked to several of them uh, and actually got a really great surprise when the book first came out and I was doing some radio interviews and um, I forget Milwaukee, maybe, you know, I, you know, I don't remember which radio station it was, but I was doing a, an interview and we were talking about the book and all of a sudden this voice uh, comes in, a new voice jumps into the conversation and he's talking about how, um, yeah, he likes, he's read the book. He likes the book. And he's just talking a little bit about it, about why he, he liked it. And it was Barry Williams. He, it turned out that he oh, was wow. friends with, um, the, the DJ and, uh, he kind of brought him in as a surprise. And so that was, that was super fun. <laughs> I had talked to him for the book, but, but that was really nice to, to get that support from him. And, um, and, and just to be in the conversation with him on the radio was really fun. But, um, they're all really sweet. I found them to be sweet people. Um, you know, they, the, I think this, the most fun part of, of their reaction to everything for me and not just the book, but obviously the bigger experience of the, the 50th anniversary for them. I don't think that they always have, you know, they have had a very complicated relationship with the show because obviously it has been in their lives for 50 years now, whether they always mm-hmm. wanted it to be or not. Um, I think that they have felt at times, you know, that the show that they they weren't necessarily getting the respect um, from some people that it was a show that people kind of made fun of or, you know, kind of it was more of a guilty pleasure. And I think with the HGTV project and all the the attention that that brought and and just the way fans feel about them and the house and and everything Brady related, um, I think they all were really surprised and really touched by that outpouring of fandom and, and how much people do still love the show. And I think that was really sweet to see, especially on the HGTV series, when you know you would you would see them on the show and they were helping with the renovations and they would talk about their memories of, of Robert Reed or um, of being in the house and uh, on the set, obviously, but in in, in recreating that in real life, then um, that was really fun to watch. I think that that was one of the best things surrounding the anniversary. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah, I'm trying to get some of the Brady kids on this show eventually. Not yet; it's mm. a little early, but I would love to, love to. There, um, if I can recommend uh, to reach out to Chris Knight um, is just an amazing I had this amazing like three hour conversation with him for the book and um he just he's thought a lot he's a very thoughtful guy very sweet and he spent a lot of time kind of figuring out you know the 
his own personal relationship to the show and, and the experiences he's had. And um, as I said to him at the end of it, he should be writing a book about it. I would love to, to hear his hmm. perspective on it. Um, but he's just really fun and thoughtful and he's uh, j- very big on Instagram now. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he owns his own um, furniture company, furnishings, home furnishings company. And um, he's really, since the, the anniversary, really embraced Instagram and, and interacts with fans a lot and, and shares fan event information. And um, he's just a really, really sweet guy and super fun to talk to. Um, yeah, I just recently watched the uh, HDTV home, uh, the Brady House renovation, and that was mm. so awesome. I loved it. And uh, I actually talked about it on the last episode. I did a bonus episode with a buddy of mine, and we had watched it and just talked about how awesome it was and just so real it's got to be to actually be able to be in the house. It's got to be like a dream. Like, it's got to be crazy. The detail was incredible. Uh, the I'm still obsessed that they were able to find and they had to repair it a little bit to make it perfect, but um, the horse statue which for me, if, <laughs> yeah. if it hadn't had the horse statue, it wouldn't have been the Brady House. And that was pretty incredible. For sure. Attention to detail. I mean, that was so cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Um, so uh, so you have uh, you do podcasting as well. Um, what are the is two shows? Is that right? Yes, we do. I do them with a friend of mine, a fellow writer uh, and author, Jennifer Cation Armstrong. She wrote the best-selling, the New York Times bestseller, Seinfeldia. Uh, oh, so wow. we're both TV and pop culture obsessed. So we do one podcast called Pop Literacy, which is kind of a, a smart take on pop culture. Um, mm-hmm. And then we also do, we just started a podcast about being authors called Hashtag Authoring. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so That's we, so cool. yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's fun. We, we kind of, it was born out of, we, um, have a hard time sometimes getting together just because obviously everybody's busy and mm-hmm. lunch yeah. is, is kind of a tough thing as freelancers. We're kind of always at our computers. And, um, mm. so we, we try to have lunch at least once a month. And we find that we have so much to talk about when we do finally get together. We have these massive three or four hour lunches and um, and where we kind of obsess, get all of our pop culture obsessions out and, and talk about writing and, and what we're doing with that. And uh, so we decided we should have a podcast and, and kind of just put take both of those things and, and put them into podcasts. <laughs> so yeah i love television like and pop culture like i was a latchkey kid growing up so mm. i grew up on television i still love television um i've had uh relationships with with girlfriends that are like you, you need to find something else <laughs> to, you know <laughs> i just love television like what <laughs> i agree and it's i i the same i wasn't a latchkey kid but i grew up in a very small town and uh, had a very long bus ride to school every day, like an hour or more. And um, mm. that was kind of the thing that we all bonded over because we all watched TV. We all watched the A-Team. So that was the, the morning <laughs> after an A-Team episode. You know, that was our whole ride to school, um, talking about what Mr. T had said as B.A. Baracus <laughs> the night before. And, you know, we, that's, that is how you bond as kids. and Or we did, I guess, kids don't as much now. But, um, uh, yeah, TV, I think TV is still 
uh, streaming now. Maybe people aren't actually watching it on TVs all the time anymore, but (laughs) it is the great uh, denominator, I think. It's something that that can still really bond to people. (laughs) For sure, for sure. (laughs) All right, okay. Are you ready to get down to business? I am. Um, the usual question I always ask too is what's your history with the Brady Bunch? But I think we kind of covered that, I think. Yeah. So, so you watched it a lot growing up and the reruns, you know, the syndicated reruns and Mm -hmm. and the TBS airings. And, uh, I think I remember watching it on TV land with, with, uh, my cousins a little bit. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I didn't, wasn't old enough to watch it, uh, uh, when it originally aired, but, um, (laughs) Uh, but yeah, I mean, and, and that's the story, right? Of the Brady Bunch. Uh, most people I've talked to, I'm certainly, there are some that I know who've watched it when it went, when it originally aired, but most people have watched it in the seven, late seventies or eighties or nineties, or mm-hmm. now they're watching it because of the HGTV <laughs> special, uh, the, yeah. the series. So yeah. Yep. Very cool. Um, yeah, I wasn't old enough either to watch original um, <clears throat> syndication episodes, the only ones I watched it on, but man, I loved it growing up. Definitely. <laughs> it's so stupid, and that's what's great <laughs> about it. <laughs> exactly. It's sweet. Yes. <clears throat> All right. Well, this is where we take our first break, and when we come back, we're going to really get down into it, and uh, we will be back. fan of movies or comics or video games or just anything else nerdy well you should check out the zing Zing this podcast Podcast. and that's spelled z-e-n-g this and we have nerdy topics from comic book reviews to in-depth analysis of iconic nerdy movies as well as video game discussions Mm mm-hmm Where's some of the best places to find us, Allie? Well, Podbean, of course. You can also find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Anywhere else you listen to your podcast. Podcasts. Yeah. So check us out. Once again, that is Zing, Zing this. this. back okay so we got the brady bunch season one episode 21 entitled the hero so facts about the episode it first aired on february 20th 1970 it was written by elroy schwartz and directed by oscar rudolph and i didn't find anything interesting in imdb about this episode so i love the fact that it's 50 years old now right and um and also elroy schwartz of course one of uh Yes, thank you. Um, One of his brothers. And one of the things, another of the many things I love about the show is that it was not only such a family oriented show on screen, but behind the scenes. Lloyd Mm -hmm. Schwartz, Sherwood's son, was a director and producer and um, involved throughout the entire series and has continued to kind of shepherd the Brady Bunch along with his sister, Hope, uh, since Sherwood passed away. Um, Sherwood's brothers were writers on the show and and mm-hmm. uh, Lloyd appeared in one episode. Um, his daughter Hope appeared in a few episodes. Yep, it just yep. was such a I love that that was the 
the kind of vibe of the show behind the scenes too. And I think that's a big part of the reason why the Brady kids haven't had the former child star in for, in the most part, um, they haven't really had that kind of, uh, trauma that, you know, the different strokes cast and, and a lot of former child right, stars right. had. Yeah. I think they, it was a really big family atmosphere behind the scenes as well. So, um, and, this was was another instance. Elroy wrote the episode. <laughs> yep, pretty cool. I like that. All right, so we're gonna fade in. We open up with Peter at a toy store, and he's playing with toy airplanes. Next, we see a little girl admiring a kitty carryall doll on the top shelf near Peter. <laughs> she can't reach it, so she decides to climb the shelf to get it. As she's climbing up, the shelf begins to break away from the wall and is about to fall. Uh, with the little girl still on the second shelf. Just then, Peter sees this and shouts, Watch out! And he runs over and snatches the little girl off the shelf just as it falls and nearly crushes her. Everyone in the store rushes over to see if they're all right. The store clerk asks what happened, and the little girl says, I wanted the doll, and it fell, but he knocked me out of the way, while pointing at Peter. The little girl's mother says to Peter, uh, That was a very brave thing to do. Peter smiles. The store clerk apologizes about the wall falling, and the mother says that it doesn't matter as long as her daughter is okay. Uh, then she says the newspapers are always telling stories of what kids do bad, but you never hear about the good things like this. Store clerk says, well, the newspapers are going to hear about this, uh, this kind of act of bravery, while looking at Peter, and Peter just smiles. <laughs> First of all, Mr. Driscoll, I love how he uh, jumps in so quickly. Not just, I think he's he's a nice guy. He agrees with <laughs> her that Peter deserves recognition for this act of bravery. But let's be honest, Mr. Driscoll is also seeing how his <laughs> the name of his toy store is going to be in the paper after all of this. Um, although, the, on the flip side of that, I'm not sure he should want publicity because why was that shelf so loose (laughs) that, you know, this was going to, that it, it was, uh, in the, the, the shape that it was going to fall on this little girl's head. And, um, so it's, that's kind of a funny situation there, you know, (laughs) as an adult, these are things that you realize, of course, when, not when you're watching them as a kid, you just, you're saying hooray for Peter saving the little girl, but, uh, there's some complicated things going on there with Mr. Driscoll. (laughs) Right. I can just see an attorney reading this and going, wait a second. (laughs) And getting hold of the little girl's mother and be like, "Uh, so the shelf fell. (laughs) Yes. She, in in that situation in real life, at least now, I think uh, it wouldn't be so much Peter getting the big delivery of toys. It would be the mother and the little girl maybe owning half of Mr. Driscoll's toy shop. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so now we see Greg and Bobby in the backyard playing catch. Just then, Peter comes home on his bike. Greg looks at Peter and asks, Hey, what happened to you? Peter looks at his jacket and is dirty and ripped on the sleeve. Peter says, I saved a girl. <clears throat> Greg says, Sure, you saved a girl. <laughs> Peter retorts and says, I did. A wall was going to fall on, on her in Driscoll's store. Bobby asks, A wall? Peter continues, I shoved her out of the way just before uh, she could have gotten killed. Greg and Bobby don't believe him, and Peter walks off in a huff. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Pete. (laughs) 
Next, Peter is in the living room with Mike and Carol, having just told them the hero story, and they both beam with pride and say how proud they are of him. Peter asks, um, you believe me? Mike looks at him, stunned at the question, and asks, of course we believe you. <laughs> Carol says, well, you wouldn't make up a story, such a story, would you? And Peter says, I might, but I didn't. <laughs> Mike says, how lucky that girl was that Peter was around. <laughs> yeah, I love that that bit of honesty there on Peter's part. <laughs> yeah. um, he really is, you know, Jan obviously is kind of the, the classic, the poster child of the, of the uh, for the middle child syndrome. <laughs> right. But Peter certainly had his experiences with that too. And I think especially when he rides up on the bike and, and tells his brothers what he did. Um, and of course, because they're brothers, they're just going to dismiss that completely. <laughs> but, right. but it also, you kind of get the feeling that if Greg had done that, um, you know, the reaction, the immediate reaction from his siblings would have been different, but poor Peter has to, he has <laughs> to tell, you know, several people what happened before he gets kind of the props that he deserves there. <laughs> right. <laughs> Just then, the doorbell rings. Peter goes to answer the door, and two men from the Daily Chronicle, and they say they want to uh, do a story on Peter and the incident that happened at the toy store. Peter says, a story? About me? The reporter says, well, according to the information we got, you're a hero. Peter says, me? A hero? Come on! <laughs> <laughs> the reporter and the photographer come in and start taking pictures of Peter. Peter says, you mean my picture is going to be in the paper? Wow. Which is kind of funny. It reminds me of like such a simpler time. Like your picture in the paper, like yes. that's like a huge deal back then. But nowadays it's like, eh, <laughs> whatever. Nowadays <laughs> Nobody reads would... the paper. <laughs> that's true, sadly. And also Peter probably at today would have a, a million and a half YouTube followers or TikTok <laughs> yeah. followers. So uh, he wouldn't care about anything in the paper. Right. It probably would have been captured somehow by That's, another like customer <laughs> right. <at the> store. <laughs> yes. It would have been old news by the time Peter got home because it would have been all over uh, Instagram <laughs> or Twitter or, or YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> so Peter's now upstairs in the bedroom, sitting at his desk, working on homework. Just then, Marsha, Jan, and Cindy sneak into the room behind him. Marsha says, what do you say to a hero? Jan says, I don't know, but you say something. You know, you say something. You're the oldest. Marsha <laughs> argues and says, as the oldest, this part was kind of funny. So as the oldest, I'm telling you to do it. Then Jan looks at Cindy and says, well, now I'm telling you to do it. Cindy says, that's not fair. I don't have anyone to tell. Jane shoves Cindy to Peter. <laughs> so Cindy walks over to Peter and says, Peter, um, Peter, Jan has something she wants to tell you. <laughs> and Marcia shoves Jan over to, to talk to Peter. And Jan says, I, uh, Marcia has something she wants to say. <laughs> Marcia says to Peter, well, we wanted to say that what you did is a really neat thing. And we wanted to tell you that uh, we're glad you're our brother. Jane goes on to say, uh, if your mom had, if our mom had married your dad, our brother wouldn't be a hero. <laughs> Cindy adds, yeah, a real hero. Peter smiles real big. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of funny how, like, Marsha makes shit roll downhill, but then Cindy pushes it back up again. <laughs> 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 Which is funny. 
<laughs> so, do you have like a police chase behind you? <laughs> I, there's one out on the highway beside uh, my building. Sorry about that. that oh no, no, it's okay. Uh, I was just unsure. Yeah, if you were okay, I live if you right near uh, uh, the busy highway, highway in Manhattan um, that goes oh. kind of up the city, the side of the city. So, yep. That's, oh, you live that. in Manhattan. I do. Wow, you're fancy. <laughs> That's so cool. I went to New York uh, like probably 12 years ago, and it was just a blast. <laughs> I was actually planning on going again with my son this spring, but shit happens, and we can't now. So now we got to prep going back to Florida, but we really were looking forward to it. Oh, gotcha. Oh, yeah, yeah. Things are crazy everywhere right now, too, with the, the whole coronavirus situation. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's it's kind of a strange vibe in the city right now. Oh, wow. Okay, <clears throat> so Greg and Bobby come home in, <clears throat> in the front door and walk up the stairs and are met by Peter coming down. Greg get, greets Peter and says that they were just coming up to see him. Peter asks, about what? Me being a hero? <laughs> Bobby says, yes. Peter goes on to say, everybody is making a fuss about it. So I figured you were too. Greg apologizes for not believing him earlier. Peter says it's okay. Bobby asks if he feels any different. Peter says no. Greg asks, uh, were you scared? Peter <laughs> says, it happened too fast. I didn't have time to be scared. Greg and Bobby both say how proud they are of him. Peter says, it sure makes a guy feel funny when his brothers are proud of him. Uh, so Peter's in the kitchen now with his eyes shut. Alice says, okay, open them now. Peter looks down and sees a big Frankenstein of a Sunday in front of him. Peter says, wow. Alice says, you like it? Peter's like, I love it. What is it? <laughs> Alice asks what his favorite dessert is. He says, strawberry shortcake. Alice thinks and says, what's your next favorite? Peter says, banana split. Alice says, and the one after that? Peter says, how fudge Sunday?" Alice says, that's exactly what it is. It's a straw split fudge short. <laughs> Peter asks, did you make it for me because I'm a hero? <laughs> Alice says, yep. He goes on to say, if I'd known that, I'd become a hero years ago. And Peter <laughs> digs into the Sunday. <laughs> we see there it's starting to go to his head a little bit, right? He's starting to bit. see uh, <laughs> that people, everyone's treating him differently. He's getting this great monster dessert. He's, it's starting to work his way into his head a little bit there. A little bit. <laughs> but it gets worse. Yes. <laughs> Later, Carol walks in the kitchen where Peter is finishing up a Sunday. Carol says, strange how quiet it is around here tonight. Peter says, uh, I'm quiet because I'm stuffed. Peter goes on to say how Alice made him a super duper dessert. Carol says, there's always a lot of hoop-de-doo around celebrities. Peter says, nah, you're talking about astronauts and stuff. Now, Carol is not helping the situation here. <laughs> you know, she yeah. says, no, I'm not, Peter. I'm talking about you. <laughs> Carol goes on to say how proud she is of him and glad he's her son. So, I mean, he was okay right there. If they would have just dropped it right there, we wouldn't yeah. have the rest of the episode. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, Carol definitely, I think she was the one who really pushed him over. And then as it, as it really begins to spiral, spiral out of control. Uh, but I think that it really started with Carol. She went a little bit overboard there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, she's the enabler here. 
Yes. (laughs) (laughs) So Alice walks outside to get the paper and opens it up and sees Peter right there on the front page with the headline that reads, Boy Hero. Alice (laughs) says, Leaping Caterpillars. We got ourselves a real celebrity. (laughs) Is that really something that's going to make the front page? Like there oh, must I know. be really nothing going on. Where, yeah, what was this town uh, that, that that was the front page, that was the top of the front page, that was above the fold, I think, uh, front page news. <laughs> yeah. um, the best, though, of course, as is true of many Brady situations, is Alice's leap and caterpillar. What is that? <laughs> I had never heard that phrase and still have never heard it anywhere else. Um, <laughs> right. That's the classic Alice. Classic Alice. Yeah, I'm just surprised. Boy Hero on the front page. I mean, nothing about Vietnam going on? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Those things don't exist in the Brady world. It was every... Oh, gotcha. Yeah. (laughs) This doesn't happen. (laughs) Right. So Alice runs back inside the house and runs into the kitchen where Carol, Cindy, and Bobby are eating breakfast. She shows them the front page of the paper. Carol gets so excited and runs off with the paper to show the rest of the family. Carol runs into the living room where she sees Greg, Marcia, and Jan and shows them the paper. They are all beaming with pride for Peter and continue to call him the celebrity in the family. (laughs) More enablers going on. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Carol runs upstairs and calls for Mike to come out into the hallway and she shows him the paper. Mike says, hey, say, he looks like, uh, oh, he looks like his old man there. Uh, just then, Peter comes out comes out of his room and sees the paper. Mike says, how does it feel to be famous? Peter says, wow. <laughs> Next, we see Peter sitting at his desk in his room and cutting the article out of the paper and glues it inside a little scrapbook. After doing so, he admires the picture. Marcia and Jan walk into his room and watch him without him noticing. Peter gets up (laughs) this part's kind of funny he gets up and looks into the mirror and tries different handsome poses I don't know what else to call it (laughs) and showing off his muscles all without (laughs) knowing the girls are watching him the girls giggle Marcia whispers to Jan he's got to be kidding (laughs) I love that he scrapbooks Uh, they cut out the article very carefully and, and paste it into his scrapbook with his little the little <laughs> pot of paste which I mean I sort of remember yeah. from like maybe kindergarten or first grade still using paste <laughs> right. with that little plastic stick in the in the jar um, so that's <laughs> yeah. really cute to see and and yes making his handsome boy strong man poses <laughs> in the, in right. the mirror is uh, that's pretty funny <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yo, what was that uh what was that called? Was it rubber cement? Am I calling that right? Yeah, I think cement? yes, rubber cement. There was there were two kinds. There was like a like a clear, or sometimes it was like an amber yeah. color rubber cement, and then there was yeah. the um, the white paste in the yeah, little yeah. plastic jar with the little God, plastic stick. Um, thank God for Elmer's and the bottle of glue because. <laughs> right. Yeah, that I was a game changer. all over your fingers. Yeah. I hated it. I was like, oh, I hate my hands sticky. I've always hated it since I was a kid. Yes. Yeah, yeah the paste <laughs> was terrible. Again, thank you, Elmer's Glue, and your bottle <laughs> yes. that, that allowed us to remain unsticky-handed. <laughs> right. And, of course, as soon as we got Elmer's Glue, what's the first thing we did? We put it all over our hands and let it dry and peel it off. <laughs> yes. I remember we used to put drops of it inside our desk. Um, 
and in sort of like an oval shape and we would let them dry mm. and then the girls would all pretend that they were fingernails that we would sort of shape onto <laughs> our so funny. Yeah, you're right i mean yeah we we were were un uh pasted and un uh rubber glued but but then we found a way to get ourselves dirty and messy with the glue so <laughs> yeah. it's so Good funny because yeah it's so funny because my kids what was it, like a year or so ago my son and I were sitting around and there was glue there and I was like, hey, do you and your friends ever put it on your hands? And and he had no idea what I was talking about. And I was like, oh my, let me introduce you to something, son. <laughs> so I showed him how Simple to do pleasure. it. Yeah. It just became a cool thing that he just did every once in a while. Now I created something. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> so he actually did it then. Oh, yeah. He thought it was awesome. And then, like, the next day you see him again pulling the glue out and doing it again. I was like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm doing, I'm peeling it off. I'm like, well, give me the glue bottle. I want to do it, too. <laughs> so. That's one of the, the less expensive uh, activities, I think. That you, <laughs> There you go. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. It keeps him uh, off the video games for a little bit. <laughs> so. Yes. I love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so next, Cindy, Bobby, uh, Cindy, oh, man, can't words today. Next, Cindy and Bobby are sitting on the swings. Cindy asks where Peter is. Bobby says he's too busy to play because he's too busy giving orders. Cindy asks uh, what he means. Bobby says, uh, from now on, I have to take the garbage out at night instead of him. Cindy asks why. Bobby goes on to say because he doesn't think heroes should put the garbage out. <laughs> oh boy <laughs> oh yeah it's beginning yeah, he's well on his way at this point he's on his way <laughs> a while later we see peter sitting on a wagon and a bunch of his friends all gathered around him at the swing set while peter is telling his tale of bravery <laughs> so peter goes suddenly there i was all by myself suddenly i felt like something was gonna happen I'm one of those people that can sense when there's danger. <laughs> Just then, Marsha and Greg are in the background near the garage listening as Peter is telling his tale. Peter goes on. Suddenly, there was this girl climbing the shelves. Then I saw a huge part of the store start to wobble. Big enough to crush a car. Maybe even a tank. <laughs> We cut to Marsha and Greg, and Marsha whispers, yesterday it was one wall. <laughs> Greg just shakes his head. Peter continues, <clears throat> I knew if I didn't do something, I knew that little, little girl would get killed. Or if I did do something, I might get killed. But it was a chance I had to take. <laughs> Peter goes on to explain the story as it happened, but with so much dramaticism. <laughs> He's really embellishing it at this point. He's milking sure. everything he can out of this story. And, you know, the thing is, the, the funniest part of that is, like, as an adult, again, a lot of these things look different to you as an adult. Um, the idea of that shelf, it was a huge shelf. It was, it was kind of the, the from floor to ceiling shelf. It had yeah. a lot of stuff on it. It was probably actually real wood, um, and and mm -hmm. it would have probably crushed her. I mean, it, it was a big, giant, heavy shelf full of toys. So mm -hmm. it, he almost didn't even need to embellish it. But the, the <laughs> I, right. when he says tank, that it could have crushed a tank, and you're just picturing <laughs> a tank being in this toy store, um, 
poor Peter. He just he's gone <laughs> and by this point. He realizes that he can really milk this for a lot of attention from his friends and and his family and his parents. And uh yeah, this is this is the way to stomp the middle child syndrome for Peter in this episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a little bit later Marcia and Greg are in the kitchen eating cookies and lemonade apparently that's <laughs> what a horrible combination <laughs> that's so Alice yeah. and Carol walks in asking where Peter is Greg says that he's with some of his friends Carol asks if one of them would take Peter over to Driscoll's toy store because the little girl's mother wants to show her appreciation to Peter and has offered to buy something for Peter there. First of all, why does Greg and Marsha have to walk him over there? Like, he's not a child. Exactly. I, mean, and I guess he, he is a child, but... But he was also at the store by himself earlier. <laughs> right? True. Good point. Yeah. yeah. I know. I love that. I love that inconsistency because in it, it bugs me every time I've seen this episode. Like, yeah. Why all of a sudden does he need two of his siblings to walk him over right. to the toy store? Yeah. Right. <laughs> It makes no sense. No, right. Exactly. Uh, so Greg says, okay. Then Marsha chimes in and says, I don't know if he'll want to go right now. He's in the middle of telling his friends about what a big hero he is. <laughs> Carol calls out Marsha's bullshit and says, you know, that sounded, sounded a little sarcastic. Marsha says, okay, I'm sorry. He saved her, but does he have to talk about it all the time? Carol goes on to say that they both were pretty impressed by the story in the paper. Carol then asked if they think that it's all going to, to his head. Greg says, not going, it went. <laughs> and that's where we take our next break. So Peter is the big hero and saves the little girl from near death. It might be, might all be going to his head. So I wonder what's going to happen next, Kim. I don't know. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned, and we'll be back. <laughs> hey, guys, if you love a very Brady podcast, then go online and check out the Tea Public merch store. They got everything in there. They got T-shirts coffee mugs, uh, hoodies, stickers, magnets, uh, pillows, and there's so many different t-shirt designs to choose from, from tanks to v-necks. If you want it, they got it. So go on there, check it out, order a t-shirt today or a magnet or a sticker. If not for yourself, get one for that Brady Bunch fan in your life. And guys, let me tell you, I ordered a couple of t-shirts to come in so I can check out the quality myself. And I got to tell you, I'm quite impressed. And I'm a bit of a t-shirt snob. It's got to be just right, the right thinness of material. Pretty similar to like like t-shirts that you get like at Target. Very thin, very comfortable material. These guys over at Public definitely know what they're doing. And you want to talk about t-shirt colors? Of course, I only wear black all the time because it's slimming. But you can get pretty much any color under the sun. So go online to the Public merch store. The link is in the description of this episode. And always remember, have a sunshine day.
The second annual Bayou City Paranormal Symposium is here, April 25th and 26th at the Pasadena Convention Center. Special guests include John Zaffis, Katie Stafford, the Kling Brothers, and more. Two spine-tingling interactive exhibits, including the fan-favorite Psychomantium 2. Over 40 vendors and exhibitors will be on hand. Free vendor shopping all weekend. Discounted pre-sale tickets and VIP available now through February 29th. Bayou City's premier event for the things that go bump in the night. Go to BadWolfEvents.com for tickets and more info. And we are back when we left off. So Peter's a hero and the family is starting not to be impressed due to the fact that Peter's head is swelling and the kids are sick of it. So next, Greg and Marsha are in Driscoll's store with Peter. Peter's walking with a little girl's mother, and she says, I really want to show my gratitude, Peter. You saved Tina's life. So dramatic. She goes on to say, anything you want in the store, anything, and it's yours. Peter says, gee, Mrs. Spencer, you don't have to buy me anything. Mrs. Spencer says, your mother told you to say that, right? (laughs) Just then, cutting back to Marsha and Greg, Marsha says, that's what mom told him. And Greg adds, watch the big shot get out of it, though. (laughs) Back to Mrs. Spencer, uh, she says to Peter, but you would like something, right? Peter says, "Um, my mom said it wasn't necessary. Uh, Mrs. Spencer agrees that it's not necessary, but it's something she wants to do. Peter says, I guess it'll be all right then. Cutting back to Greg, he says, see? (laughs) Mrs. Spencer says uh, to Peter to get anything he wants. Peter looks around the store. Uh, Mrs. Spencer suggests a punching bag. Peter says that he wants a model airplane. Uh, She goes on to say, you can have that too. I'm going to buy you everything you want. Peter is shocked and asks, everything I want? (laughs) Mrs. Spencer agrees and tells the clerk, to get his order pad ready. Man. <clears throat> I, a while later. Yeah, wow. I mean, she's saying this too. And we find out in this episode that Peter is 11. Or I think, I don't know if it's been, I don't remember if it had been explicitly said before. But Carol right. says later in the episode that he's 11. You tell an 11-year-old boy he can have anything, everything he wants <laughs> from that toy story. I mean, he's trying. He's trying to, to maintain the politeness that Carol has warned him (laughs) that, you know, how he should respond to the fact that she's going to offer him, that Mrs. Spencer is going to offer him some reward for what he's done. And, and he goes along with the motions of, of trying to be not (laughs) to, to not be greedy in this situation. But again, he's an 11 year old boy. You can't really blame him. He's, she keeps pressing him. She keeps pointing out these things to him and telling him you can have that and this, and that, and this. You, you really right. can't blame Peter here. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. And, and Mrs. Spencer shouldn't be p- pressing the issue, you know. Yeah. It's like, you know, yeah, I get this. She wants to buy him something. Sure, get him one thing. But that's it. Like, let's not go overboard. Like, <clears throat> she's not helping the situation either. Exactly. She's, <laughs> she's the adult neighbor. in this situation. She yeah. should understand as a mother herself that, yeah. You know, there should be a limit. Uh, and right. she's the one that needs to make the limit by, you know, asking him to pick one thing or or <laughs> she could just 
Did they not have gift cards back then? Could she not just <laughs> right. buy him a gift card to Driscoll's Toy Shop? And that of course, make things a little less awkward too for Peter. If it's here's a gift card, go whenever you want, get whatever you want with a gift card. Exactly. Not here. Let's point things out and pick something now, you know. <laughs> and Mr. Driscoll, of course, he's a, a I'll get my order pad. Yes, of course you will, Mr. Driscoll. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're right. Well, later we see Greg pacing back and forth in the den. Marcia and Jan enter and say they've been looking everywhere for him. Greg says, I'm just trying to stay out of the hero's way. Marcia adds that Peter is beginning to get to them, too. Jan asks what they can do about him. Just then, Mike enters in the den and overhearing the conversation. Greg says that they should just ignore him and he'll grow out of it. Uh, Jan adds that uh, that could take 20, 30 years. Mike then clears his throat to get their attention. The kids tell him how they're tired of Peter's behavior. Mike says, don't worry about Peter. He's having his first go around with self-importance. Otherwise, he's an average normal kid. Greg adds, maybe so, Dad, but to us, he's an average normal pain in the neck. Um, you know, I've said this a billion times on the show, but <clears throat> I think Robert Reed was so good as Mike Brady, even though he hated it. Yeah. He just was so good. And like, and like the advice that he gives, like, it's always so I don't I don't know how to describe it. It's it's I don't know, it's just good advice all the time. It's not cheesy advice. It's just good advice. It is, and I always find it comforting to hear him, even as an adult, it feels comforting to hear the way he delivers it. It always in a calm way. Yeah, he he had a very exactly. calming presence as Mike Brady. And and you're yes. right. It's knowing now that he hated every minute of being on the show and thought that it was cheesy, these, this dialogue that he was delivering. Um, I, one of the things I really wondered during uh, all of the celebration of the 50th anniversary and, and the HGTV series. And as I had talked about earlier, how um, the cast kind of reacted to it and, and how it, I think they were all very touched by the fandom uh, that people still have for the show. I wonder if seeing all of this, if he, if Robert Reed had been able to experience that, if he would have felt differently or if he still would have mm -hmm. kind of, you know, had anger about the show because, um, you know, in poll after poll and, and a ton of magazine features and uh, coverage of the show throughout the years, he is always either number one or in the top two or three of all of those, the top TV dads of all time stories mm -hmm. uh, lists. And uh, I think, you know, as you said, it, it was soothing. It was good advice. It was, uh, he really cared not just about how, you know, whether they were not getting in trouble and, and that they got good grades and those kind of things. But I think one of the things that stands out most about the show is that Carol and Mike, uh, and obviously this was an offshoot of Sherwood Schwartz's philosophy about raising children. Mm -hmm. um, he yeah. really cared that they turned out to be good people, good citizens, that they treated other people well. And I, I just, I, that as an adult, again, something that you notice, I think that really stands out. And, and those Mike speeches, uh, which were so lovingly spoofed in the Brady Bunch movie by Gary Cole's <laughs> Mike, and, and that was great. Um, and certainly they are, you know, that was funny that we all understood why that was funny that they were spoofing them, but they really mm -hmm. were sweet and 
um, I think the kind of dad advice that everyone would want to get, even if it, at the time you think, you know, he's kind of being a big nerd um, and giving you <laughs> these little speeches, they are really sweet. And, and as you said, really good advice. Yeah. Well, like I said, uh, you, you named it perfectly. It was very calm and mm -hmm. like soothing tones. Like he was always fair, but firm as well. Exactly. So. Which I, th yeah. I think it, it's part of the reason the Brady kids are always, they always seem pretty confident and they're going out into the world and, you know, doing things and getting jobs when they're, you know, 11 and 12 and things like that. I think that it's <laughs> kind of, that makes sense that that's the kind of kids they would be with a father and mother that, you know, kind of provide them in with that security. Now, when you say mother, you're referring to Alice, right? Because Carol doesn't really do shit. <laughs> I, sh I should say mothers, right? When when you have three parents like that, raise, you know, <laughs> providing you with that sense of security, uh, that's the kind of confident kid you you will be. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, we got to keep going here. We're running out of time. All okay. right. <clears throat> a bit later, the doorbell rings and Alice answers it. It's a delivery man, and he says that he has a delivery from Discal's toy store. <laughs> Alice says to bring it on in next to delivery and smiles at Alice and uh, says, <clears throat> Hey, my assistant, okay, this part's super creepy and I don't even see what the point of the episode, what it was in the episode, why they did it. I have no idea. So he said, Hey, my assistant's off today and I have an awful lot of stuff to bring in. Would you mind giving me a hand, sweetheart? <laughs> God, <clears throat> Alice agrees to help. Alice comments on how much stuff it is and grabs a box and brings it inside. Then the delivery man says, thanks, cutie, to Alice. <laughs> the man goes on to say if he'd uh, help her unload the truck. And Alice says, listen, you keep calling me sweetie, cutie, and gorgeous. I'll follow you anywhere. And she walks outside to help him unload a truck and was never heard from again. <laughs> <laughs> he was totally scamming Alice just to help him carry these heavy boxes. <laughs> what a dick. He was such a dick. Although I do love, we have to note here that the delivery man was played by Joe Conley, who all of us probably know, all of us 70s TV kids know as Ike from the Waltons. He was the the uh, grocery Ooh. store uh, mercantile. Okay. Uh, I never really watched that show. So. Oh, okay. a good. I mean, obviously another big TV 70s family. Um, so I love that little connection that, that he's the one playing, uh, the delivery guy, but yeah, he was totally scamming Alice and Alice was like, Oh yeah. I don't think that Alice <laughs> really believed that he was interested in her, but she's like, right. you know, Sam, the butcher isn't throwing me a lot of compliments. <laughs> Sam's not a real right. smooth talker. So you call me sweetie and cutie and gorgeous. I'll help you carry these boxes, dude. Right. But Sam is great at meat puns. That's where he excels. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Speaking of uh, people being on other shows, like I forget his name. He played Sam the Butcher. But if you ever watch Andy Griffith, he played like 20 different characters on Andy Griffith. <laughs> like they overused him a lot. And not to mention he went on to do Gomer Pyle as well. But and Archie it was Bunker, so funny. Yeah, and it was so funny because he played like 20-something different characters, like different characters. Like one week he'll be like a guy coming into town who's like <clears throat> on the run from the law and then Andy has to track him down and arrest him. And the next week he's running the local like 
general store and like two weeks <laughs> later he's like just some towns per it's like so weird like wasn't this the same guy that you were chasing after to get into prison <laughs> like i love it when shows show. do that and they don't do it as much yeah. uh anymore the king of queens did that uh they had a uh, an actor whose name I can't remember right now, but who played a ton of different, at least a dozen different characters. Um, I always think that's a, a fun little Easter egg for, for viewers. Yeah. <clears throat> for sure. <laughs> All right. So Mike and Carol arrive home in the driveway and notice tons of boxes and toys in the backyard. <laughs> they make jokes about how Mr. Driscoll should get a permit if he wants to open a, a toy shop in their backyard. <laughs> Mark says, Mark, wow. Mike says, I'm guessing Mr. Driscoll isn't the one they should be talking to. A uh, moment later, we're in the den where uh, all life lessons are taught, and Mike is having a talk <laughs> with Peter and with Carol. Mike first tells Peter that he is allowed to keep one gift, but the rest has to go back. Peter goes on to say, but Mrs. Spencer wanted me to have them, Dad. She told me to pick out whatever I wanted. Carol adds, uh, Mrs. Spencer was being very generous, but that's not the point. Mike goes on to say that he didn't even, or he didn't have to accept everything. Carol asks if the reason he saved the little girl is to only get gifts. Peter says no. Uh, Mike goes on to say uh, they can't, or then can't you see that asking for everything in sight is wrong? Peter adds that there was uh, something he, it was something he didn't take. Or as if there was something he didn't take. What? I don't know why I wrote that. I guess it was a joke or something there. I guess I didn't finish writing. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Just then Alice comes in and says uh, the reporters are back and wanted to see Peter. Carol stops him and says, we don't want you to, to be disappointed. You know, people don't remember heroes very long. Mm. Peter says, sure they do. Look at... uh." Um, uh, George Washington. <laughs> Mike says, you see that? You had to go back 200 years just to find one. <laughs> uh, so Mike and Carol and Bobby walk out into the living room to meet with the reporter and the photographer. The reporter says that every month the paper gives out an award. He continues to say that Peter has been named Hero of the Month and hands him a plaque. Peter says, wow, and the reporter adds that he also received a check for $50. By the way, every time there's money talk in the show, I like to do the equivalent for 2020 money. Oh, my God, so, me too. Really? Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so do you know what $50 is worth here now in 2020? As a matter of fact, I looked it up, and it is, according <laughs> to the site, the inflation calculator that I looked at, Fifty dollars yeah. in nineteen seventy is worth three hundred and thirty-two dollars and forty-four cents. Forty-four cents. That's right. <laughs> For an inflation exactly rate of five hundred and sixty-four percent. I love. <laughs> I love crazy. that you do that. Yes, I am obsessed with that. Anytime I hear <laughs> a money amount in an old TV show, I always wonder yep. what the equivalent is. <laughs> Did you think it was going to be more or less than that? I thought it was going to be a lot less than that. That kind okay. of blew my mind. Yeah. Um, yeah, I do that. Anytime I watch an old TV shows, I hear money, I'll look up the equivalency. And another thing, I'm always on IMDb all the time, too. Like, I know that guy. So I pull up yeah. IMDb all the time. <laughs> um, yes. But, uh, yeah, so I did a lot when uh, Tiger was missing and they were doing that episode when they were doing the uh, how much for a reward and all that. And it was, like, ridiculous amount of money, too. It was, like, 
almost like 400 bucks or something they were offering in 2020 wow. money. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that is a good reward. <clears throat> uh, Peter then asks, uh, Mom, Dad, can I do whatever I want with this money? Mike says that he has to put it in the bank. <laughs> Peter says that he wants to have a party with it, and he'll make all the arrangements. Mike and Carol agree. Peter says that he's going to go invite all of his friends. Peter then runs upstairs to the girls' bedroom and tells them he got a check and he's throwing a big party tomorrow after school and they're all invited. Jan asks who the party's for and Peter says, me. And he runs out of the room. The girls just look at each other. Peter runs into his bedroom to tell Greg and Bobby about the check and the party and he says, you guys are both invited to my party tomorrow afternoon and leaves. Greg and Bobby just look at each other too. <clears throat> A few moments later, Peter is on the phone with his friend, Steve. Uh, callback, by the way, this is to that same Tiger episode. When Tiger was missing, uh, they mentioned that Steve had spotted Tiger, and they thought it was great because Steve knows Tiger. So, that therefore, he was actually Tiger. So, now we actually get to meet Steve instead of just hearing about his name. <clears throat> and Steve asked who the party is for. Peter says, me. And then Steve asks, who is throwing the party? Peter says, me. Steve asks, why? Peter goes on to say, I'm using the money I got for being a hero. Steve says, well, I'll try to come, but I'm not sure. Peter continues to make phone calls and different friends to invite and calls different friends to invite them. It seems like all of his friends have, quote, things to do or, quote, something suddenly came up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and are leaving a very open acceptance to the party, not really committing. <laughs> uh, next, we see Marsha and Greg talking to Mike and Carol, and they both say that none of the kids want to go to Peter's party. Marsha adds, we're tired of hearing about him being the hero. Greg says all the ice cream and cake in the world wouldn't make his, uh, wouldn't make his story worth listening to again. Mike says, all right, we understand how you feel. Maybe it has gone to his head a little. Marcia says, a little? <laughs> Greg heads, Frankenstein has nothing on the monster we built. Which I thought was nice. He said, we built. Which yes. is correct. <laughs> yes, exactly. <clears throat> yep. Carol tries to get into the kids, get the kids to understand. Greg continues to say uh, how they'll, how they'll still, they still don't want to go. Can't read my own typing. <clears throat> Just then, Peter comes bursting into the family room and says, All right, you don't want to come to my party? You don't have to come. I've invited a lot of other people to the party anyway, and it's going to be a real swell party whether any of my brothers and sisters are there or not. And he runs out of the room. Next, we see Peter. Swell party yeah. is the, it's the best phrase. <laughs> swell. <laughs> yeah. Next, we see Peter all dressed up, standing in front of the dining room table, all decorated for a party, and he's waiting for guests to arrive. He looks at his watch. Still, nobody has shown up. Can we just say something about Peter's party planning skills here? I mean, he sh he shows <laughs> up. He's got a sport coat and tie on, the double-breasted right? sport coat. He's looking good. He told Carol that he would plan this all himself. Now, I don't really believe he did. We know that Alice had a big hand in this. Peter did <laughs> not get a that. punch bowl and fill it with Hawaiian punch himself. That was definitely an Alice move. But he's got a nice spread there for his friends. He's got balloons yeah. and not just round balloons. He's got like the rabbit ear balloons. It's looking good <laughs> yeah. in there. 
Yeah, I think you nailed it with Alice. He, yeah. Uh, I think he probably just said to Alice, hey, I want to plan a party. And she's like, well, how about this? Okay. How about this? Okay. I'll get it for you. Okay. Exactly. Nope. He's like, I've got $332.44 in 2020 <laughs> right. money. That's, you can do a lot with that. <laughs> so Carol, Mike, and Alice are in the kitchen, and Carol says what a shame it is that nobody is showing up. Mike says uh, that sometimes kids just need to learn lessons themselves, which I think is right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carol says, well, uh, I have to... Oh, I gave the go-ahead for the party, and now I realize I shouldn't have. Mike says, no, you didn't. You gave the go-ahead for Peter to learn his lesson. Sometimes Ooh. that's just a parent's job. Like I said, he's firm but fair. Peter now walks into the kitchen and says, I'll be in my room in case anybody needs me. And just sulks and walks away. Peter's now sulking in his room and Carol walks in. She says, don't sit up here alone. Come downstairs. Peter says he doesn't want to. Carol insists and says that they have something special for him. Peter says, okay, but please don't use that word special about me ever again. (laughs) Peter and Carol walk out of the bedroom and head downstairs. As Carol and Peter make their way to the stairs, they look down at the table and all the Brady kids, Mike, and I put in here, and Alice, exclamation point, just just for you. As well as, I don't know if you noticed it, but Mrs. Spencer and Tina were also there. I don't know if you saw that. I did not notice that. Yeah, it was just on the, with the camera shooting down at the table. I kind of paused it and I was like, who the hell is that? I was like, oh shit, that's Mrs. Spencer and Tina. So they're also sitting at the table with balloons, noisemakers, and screaming things like, hooray, yay for the hero. Peter smiles and runs downstairs. Uh, We're in the boys' bedroom and Peter is lying on Greg's bed thinking. Mike and Carol walk in and say Driscoll's toys Driscoll's toys just picked up all these toys Peter Uh, Carol says um, there's a very nice gesture on your part Peter says uh, it'd been even better had I not even taken them in the first place oh sorry can't read (laughs) it'd be better if I hadn't even taken them in the first place like you said Mike goes on to say that it was just a lesson he had to learn the hard way Peter says, you know, maybe it was a good thing that nobody came to my party. Um, Carol says, why? Or Carol asks why. He says, because if he had come, I might have gone years being a real stinker. And then they all laugh. (laughs) And that's the end of the episode. And Peter has learned his lesson. (laughs) Yes. In 20 minutes, just like every Brady, 22 minutes, like every Brady episode. All is well. All is well. Some good Mike <laughs> advice and uh, incredibly self-aware children for the time. And <laughs> the problem is all solved. Yep. And classic Alice sneakily helping children, you know, do things like Plan $332 parties in one <laughs> afternoon. Yep. And make everybody believe that it was all Peter. <laughs> it was all Peter. He did it. Yeah. <laughs> So, this is the part in the show where um get to plug whatever you need to plug. Uh, I would, I hope people will pick up the book and that uh, the uh, casual Brady fan and the super devoted Brady fan will find something they love. Uh, my favorite review of the book was that Lloyd Schwartz told me that even he learned some things 
from the book. There were some things he didn't know. Wow. So I kind of, I felt like that was the ultimate uh, compliment. So um, I hope that everybody that will so pick cool. it up and, and find something new uh, about the Brady's um, and listen to our podcast. Uh, pop literacy and hashtag authoring, which you can find at writersbone.com. Uh, that's a suite of, of podcasts that we belong to. Um, and I would say, please come back and listen to more episodes of a very Brady podcast. I know I will be. This was oh, super fun. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, guys, go check out the way we all became the Brady Bunch written by Kimberly Potts. It is awesome. I'm having a blast reading it. I'm going to finish reading it. I just haven't had a chance to. I'm not a very fast reader, so <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. But it's so much fun. And that's so cool that uh, Elroy uh, Schwartz read your book. That's awesome. Yeah, I loved it. It was a, That was a great compliment. Very cool. All right, Kim, this has been so cool. I'm so glad you – and feel free to come back. Are you going to come back for an episode? I will happily come back. Uh, that's so put cool. Put me down for if I can, if I can uh, put my bookmark Ooh, in now. request one? Uh, I would love to do the silver platters episode when when oh, you get to that. Yeah. So That's much awesome. to talk about there, right? Yeah, um, I'm writing it down right now. Okay, um, awesome. Well, uh, I look forward to having you back again, and this is going to be out on Monday. So, oh wow, look out for it. thank you. <clears throat> All right, well, I appreciate it, Kim. Thanks. Thank you so much, and good luck again with everything. Uh, if I don't chat with you before with your move back to Florida and. I, I, things are looking up for you, I'm sure. <laughs> Thanks. Hey, I want to thank my guests one last time for stopping by and come on back here every Monday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate and review. It helps the show out tremendously. Hey, go ahead and check out AVeryBradyPodcast.com. If you ever wonder what I look like, I got pics up on there. You can also see pictures of our past guests as well that have been on the show. Read little bios about them. And you can contact me at AVeryBradyPodcast at gmail.com. Send me an email, any questions you have, or maybe you want to tell me that you hate a certain episode. Who knows? Or even give me a call and leave a voice message at 804-446-1901. Again, that's 804 804- 446-1901 leave a voicemail I'll play it on the show you can also head on over to the merch store at tpublic.com the link is in the description of this episode join in on the conversation in the Facebook group it's called a very Brady Facebook group so get in there get on the conversation post memes I don't care just don't be a racist and be sure to also check out the Patreon page if you enjoy the show give a donation and become a patron I'd certainly appreciate it. Just go to www.patreon.com forward slash a very Brady podcast. Until then, I've been Tack, and this has been a very Brady podcast. Have a sunshine day. You've been listening to a fourth hand joint.